hello 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 welcome to season two of closet things where i your host dominique will discuss all things wife momming homeschooling homemaking soon to be homesteading all of those things and more and i do it all from the comfort of my closet hence closet things um how have you guys been i hope you guys have been doing so great i hope that you have been prosperous and healthy um able to kind of relax i know a lot of things have kind of um a lot of the restrictions in the pandemic in certain places have um at one point were being kind of not as strict um but i think that with the numbers going back up it might get even more strict but either way i hope that you guys were able to get out and kind of enjoy things over these last uh months or two i think it was august the end of august when i did a podcast so over these last few months i have had um, some time to really dive into reading which i love doing um and um we start up um a new semester of homeschooling and with new grades Um, and so we started all of that and so it's been going really really good we've been kind of introducing I introduced some new things to the kids and they've been more vocal about things and then um, our garden is taking it is taking off like there's been a whole bunch of good things going on so this season should be full of goodness and I can't wait to share it with you guys so um, if you are new here welcome thank you for listening if you want to get more acquainted with me and who I am and what this podcast really is about, please go back and check out previous podcasts um, where kind of I introduce myself and introduce the things that I kind of talk about in the flow of how the podcast kind of goes. Um, you'll get a better idea if you listen to older podcasts. But if you want this to be your first one, hey, it's all fine with me. Um, for those that have been riding with me, thank y'all so so much thank you for spreading the word and for listening and giving me feedback and things like that so I really appreciate it um and know that I want to have discussions with you guys so leave me comments and um wherever you're listening to these podcasts I will try to check more (laughs) um in the different spaces sometimes I get emails notifications that someone said something I really don't know how that part works just yet because you can listen to it on so many different platforms um but I would love to discuss things and to really hear your feedback on um the podcast and anything sound um topics um anything whatever you would you know any feedback that you could give me positive um in a positive light it doesn't have to be positive in a positive light I don't mind critical you know critic criticism (laughs) or you know critical um, feedback is just that don't be nasty I, I I'm kind of a softie um, but either way um, I want to jump right in this season I'm going to be talking about different things trying not to be so much on the homeschool and I did a lot of my podcast for the first season was really like for the about my kids and homeschooling and things like that so I'm trying to draw away from that this season and talk about different things even though this first podcast kind of talks about Um, our kids still but not really to the point of homeschooling Um, before I get started I want to kind of go into why I'm even talking about the first topic that I'm talking about which is all things safe and again when I say all things I do not feel like I'm a um, genius on the topic or I know all of all things Um, it's just my title for it Um, and it's the things that I know and my thoughts so that's why I'm bringing this podcast to you guys so that you can um, kind of hear my thoughts on things and so when I say all things I don't feel like I know all because I don't I am always learning and I hope that you all all are too Um, but when I say all things safe I really kind of mean that in the capacity of parenting um and before I get to the topic and really get into it, my wonderful cousin who has an organization from boys to gentlemen, um, and he's had this organization for some years now, 
and he's been doing a lot of work you know giving back to the community and the youth in the, his community um and doing certain things all positive things he's been doing it for a very long time um he has a youtube page um the youtube page is c dot and that's c d a u g h t um and on his youtube page he has been doing these um different talks and discussions about his journey his personal journey to healing from sexual assault and I kind of just kind of reached out and I try to do it as much as I can I'm not really big on social media um but I saw that I saw what he was doing and I kind of just wanted to tell him you know I see what you're doing and I think that it's amazing um because I was going to have that discussion kind of thing you know talking about sexual abuse on my podcast when I start the second season and so he asked if I would come on and have a discussion with him and of course I said yes um and so that discussion is on his YouTube page and it really is more of me talking about how me being abused sexually abused um how it affected my marriage in a way that I never even I wasn't even privy to and I wasn't aware of um, until I sought out help and someone kind of spoke to me and kind of helped me see what was going on and how these things that I had suppressed were now creeping back up into my life and so um, that's what the discussion is about I feel like even talking uh, it was a great thing just in the conversation that we had so if you want to go and check that out please do um again it's over on his youtube page and that um his page is c dot c d a u g h t it's just a play on his name um and check him out and then you know listen to some of the other things that he's doing um he is really trying to just push this positive thing he's always been a positive person um but yet being real and and being humble and being um just transparent and I think that that resonates with a lot of people so again if you want to check it out please do I hope that you do um and I hope that you enjoy the discussion if you do check it out um and so now let's dive into um what I want to talk about for my first or this first podcast on this season um and let me backtrack a little bit when I did my first season I kind of took a lot of notes and wrote things down as easy as anchor makes podcasting just having to get your thoughts together and having to you know write things down and plan things out I'm not any of those things I don't do a lot of those things um with a lot of with the homeschooling yes I do that um so I had to really get organized with this thing so there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes Um, I have a lot of different clips that I do and I stop and I kind of replay and listen and all these other things and it's so funny and I said one day I'm gonna put all that stuff together and just kind of put it out there possibly I don't know Um, but I am a one-woman show I'm doing all this on my own and so um, when I listen to different podcasters and I see people have a whole bunch of people on there Um, especially during the pandemic I just kind of think of all the things that they have to do I've been again I've been watching such rich discussions um, and people talking about these wonderful subjects um, and topics and I just kind of look at that and it's very very inspiring so um, I just kind of want to put that out there that even though Anchor makes this very very easy (laughs) there's still a lot that goes into it so um, I hope that I'm doing a better job as I continue to grow in podcasting because I really enjoy it so now let's get into the discussion of all things safe and so um I wanted to talk about this because of again when I was younger um and this is something I do not talk about much just out in the open just having open discussions about it I'm getting more comfortable having the discussion and not because I want to be malicious and see that any of my abusers 
you know, have any kind of consequences or anything, but really just to heal. Like I never really thought about it in a healing aspect. I mean, that's exactly what it, what you do whenever you're talking about things, discussing things, especially getting views from different people and them giving their input to help you see things in a better light that can help you in your life. Um, but that's exactly what it is. It's just a healing process. Um, it's not about anything that goes for them. I pray for them. I pray that their lives are healing within themselves. Um, so when I was younger around, I want to say it started around age five. Um, I was meant, oh no, not meant. I was, yeah, give me a moment. I'm trying to get my thoughts together. Um, trying to hold together. I said, I'm not going to let this thing break me. I've cried enough about it. Um, I, I, when I was five, a cousin took me into a closet and started touching me and made me feel very uncomfortable. Um, and when I say touching me, touching me in areas where no one should touch you unless you give them permission to. And... I can remember the closet. I can remember the place where it was at. Um, I actually go by that place all the time where I live now in the city that I live. And um, I just remember just feeling like so uncomfortable and wanting to say no or saying no. I believe I said no. And this cousin told me that if I didn't do it, do what he wanted me to do that he would tell on me and tell my mom or tell his mom or tell an adult that I'm the one that initiated whatever was going on and as a child um, I was considered I feel like I was a really really good child as in I didn't like to cause a lot of strife I was a very happy kid um, always wanted to smile laugh always trying to make other people laugh and smile um never one to start trouble wanting to be around trouble wanting to get in trouble so when someone tells you at that age that they're going to do the very thing that you've been trying or do not want to do as far as getting in trouble um, you feel like you have to go with it and so that's when the abuse start started Um, again it was just really kind of a touching thing Um, him touching me and uncomfortable places and him making me touch him in uncomfortable places and so that happened off and on with this particular cousin from around five to seven ish um and again this wasn't an everyday thing um this person did not live in the same city that I did so it was only when we visited them um which wasn't too often but anytime it happened or anytime we did visit, it was it would happen. Um, and so it's happened with that cousin, like I said, from five to seven. And then um, it stopped with that cousin. And then kind of nothing was happening with anyone. And then I started to get taken to another cousin's house um, with my brother. And... Again, I remember the bunk bed set. I remember the window. I remember the trampoline outside. Like, I can remember these vivid things. Um, and this happened starting around 7-ish, 8, um, until about 10, 8 to 10, somewhere in there. Off and on, again, off and on. This wasn't some person that I lived with. This was someone where I was taken over to their house and... Um, visiting and things like that and so um same thing the manipulation just if you don't do it them telling me if I don't do whatever they want me to do then of course they were going to tell on me and when it first began when I was younger I didn't really realize that it was a sexual thing that was happening to me that was being I was being made to do um I just knew that it was uncomfortable. I just knew I didn't want to do it. Around the time that I turned eight, seven and a half, eight, and it started that second time, 
I was a little bit more aware of my body. I was a late bloomer, so I didn't have boobs and hormones and all these other things happening to me. I was a very late bloomer. Um, and so if for me, I didn't understand it still, but I knew that it, it was bringing up some sensations in my body that I did not like. And it made me kind of feel so gross. Um, and it was the same thing, just kind of touching and other things. Um, no rape in any of this. I was never raped. I want to make sure that's, that's very well known. Um, but yet it's just, I was told to do these things and made to do these things. Sorry. And, um, it was very uncomfortable and it was just, ugh, I just didn't want to do it. And so, like I said, it's the second cousin it happened from around eight, eight ish to 10 off and on. And then it happened a third time with a third cousin. And around this time, it was from around 10 to about 12. Um, and when this started happening with that particular cousin from 10 to 12, at this point, I'm very more aware of my body, what the body does, a little bit of what of our function does. Um, for me, I knew that things like this that were happening between this boy and I um, were something that adults should be doing um, and it shouldn't be happening. And so I was, again, I was more aware at this point. And I actually, and not, not actually, and also at that point, um, I also started to become numb to it. And it became as if it was a normal thing. Um, because this isn't the first time this is happening, right? Like, this is the third time this is happening to me. So this has to be somewhat normal. Like, this has to be happening to other people. But nobody's talking about it. Nobody's saying anything. And I never said anything to anyone about what was going on. Um, I just felt as if... I did say something that somebody would get in trouble and I think I just subconsciously didn't want to get in trouble myself and I really didn't even want them to get in trouble for it. And then again, also just me thinking it was a normal thing to be happening, um, which it isn't. It isn't. If someone is making you do something or telling you to do something that you don't want to do, it's not a normal thing. Um, but again, this is me knowing this after the fact that it wasn't but I didn't then and it stopped only I believe only um at around 10-ish so going into middle school because my last abuser's friend asked him so my abuser's friend asked him his friend asked him if he my abuser would ask me to go out with him and be his girlfriend be his friend's girlfriend and then it stopped and it didn't happen again. There was no mention of it. There was no talk of it. It just stopped. And so because I had never said anything about it and because it had stopped and I kind of knew it was not going to happen again, um, at least with these family members, um, I decided I was going to suppress it and I pushed it down. I, I feel like I just erased it from my mind altogether and I didn't think about it because just because the abuse was stopping I still was around these family members all the time I, I was around them on a pretty regular basis um, and seeing them at family functions and going to their house all the time um, so just because the abuse wasn't there didn't mean that I didn't see them so there was a relief there no there wasn't a relief I think I was very apprehensive apprehensive yeah <laughs> when I was you know going around them but I didn't say anything and I kind of just kind of stayed away from them um but I didn't say anything and so I just kind of went through life moving along as if nothing happened and then I had our kids and then things started changing for me um I brought it up to my husband uh, because I thought it was an issue in our marriage 
um, early on, but I didn't understand the magnitude that it was um, and how like how it was impacting our marriage. And so um, once we had our kids, so I mentioned it to my husband, like in a passing kind of way, it wasn't I was like, this might be what's going on or these things happen to me and that might be why I'm not feeling certain ways or these things are happening. So it wasn't like we had a discussion about it at that time. It was just something we mentioned it to him. him. And again, this is the first time I've mentioned this to anybody. I've suppressed this. My husband and I have been together since we were 19. So I want to say I told him this in my early 20s um, before we started having kids. And then we had our son and I didn't feel as if anything was going to happen to him that way. Um, And so I didn't right away have this urge to just hold him, uh, you know, hostage, if you will. (laughs) Um, Like just kind of keep him away from certain people and certain spaces. I mean, he was a busy kid, so we were always kind of out and about doing all kinds of things and fun things. And I mean, it was just one child, so it was really easy to keep my eyes on him. He kept me busy, but it was easier. It was really easy to keep my eye on him. Then we had our girls. And it wasn't until the very, my very first abuser, who was now an adult, came to the car and the girls couldn't have been no older than one. And I think this was his first time seeing them. Um, Again, I'm still living around these family members. Again, just because the abuse stopped didn't mean that I stopped seeing them. Um, And I can remember just him coming to the car. He didn't touch them. He didn't try to go into the car or anything like that. He just kind of came and was saying, you know, how cute they were. And I can remember just getting this urgency to like vomit um and all of the things that had happened to me came back like everything like a reel just rolling in my head and I thought to myself then like I have to keep him away from my girls um and I'm not exactly sure why it was just the girls because boys get abused just as much if not more than girls it's just not talked about um and so I don't know there was just this this uproaring in me to really really pay attention and really kind of create some safe spaces for our kids um and so when I say all things safe that's really what I want to talk about just how my past abuse affects or affected and has affected parenting and how safe we try to keep our kids from certain things and certain people and I had heard some things about this particular first abuser um, and how you know there were still some things that were happening with him in particular and I just thought to myself I don't want my kids around him and um Yeah, and so I just, I took it upon myself to really start to distance myself from any family functions where I knew he would be at or could possibly be at. Because it's one thing to have one kid. Like I said, when we had our son, I'd be out all the time and just going to different places, and he was a busybody. And that didn't change once we had our twins. And so here I am, just usually this one person, (laughs) trying to keep an eye on these three busybodies. I had a toddler and infants all under the age of three um so they were very busy and mobile like just moving all over the place so at sometimes I would just be like hold on I need for everybody just to I was going to get one of those backpacks with the little leash thing <laughs> for them so I could kind of keep them uh, you know at bay but and I didn't want to do that I wanted our kids if we're out somewhere and we're you know, going to a park or going to a family function. I want them to be able to roam around and be free and play with their cousins and things. And for me, I've always loved children. So even being in the same space 
with them while they're playing with their other you know cousins and things like that that was more of an enjoyment for me than being with the adults because I've always loved kids kids um and I've always kind of loved being around my younger cousins they're all so incredible um and they're always so squishy and cute and you know all those good things (laughs) and so I've always loved just being around kids anyway and so but I noticed that I would be so uncomfortable being in the same space as that abuser and again this happened when I was five at this point I had our kids I had our son when I was 23 and we had the girls at 25 and so that was 20 years that had passed by um 20 plus years but I still felt so uncomfortable around this person. And so I knew then that I just needed to kind of rethink what's more important, being around and going to different functions with people, anybody um, that I feel uncomfortable with or safeguarding, putting up these boundaries for our children to ensure that they are safe. And for me, my sa- the safety of our children is always going to come before anything else. Um, and so I think that sometimes we're put in positions and put in situations where we feel as if we have to do something because it's family, because it's a close friend, because it's whatever. But because of the bu- abuse, my whole mindset changed. And I... I would have never guessed that that would affect my thought process in parenting the way that it did um and so we really try to let our children know about things that are happening um especially when it comes to um our son he is always like watching the news I usually have the news on kind of at night when I'm kind of cleaning things up and they're wrapping up and things like that and he's really into looking at the news he always has been I think I talked about this on a previous podcast that anytime I'm watching the news he's right there he's always been interested in things and asking me questions and um, he's gained a lot of knowledge and so have I just in those inquisitive type of discussions that we've had and um, he sees when you know kids are being abducted or you know when kids are being abused and he saw that I had read an article I think he pointed it out to me um, when the pandemic was kind of starting um, around the summer months, I think. And I think he had showed me an article where the number of children going to hospitals, the abuse that they are enduring has increased um, since everybody's at home and there's like all of this tension and, you know, parents and guardians are kind of frustrated with what's going on in the world. And the babies are the ones who are, they're taking it out on and so he kind of pointed out an article I want to say it was happening in Dallas or I can't remember which hospital I think it's Texas Texas Children I could be way off on that name one of the hospitals was they said they had an increase of, of kids who were coming in that were being abused and we had a discussion about it um and so we always we try our best and do our best to talk to our children about the fact that there are some amazing people, amazing people in the world, and there are some very not so great people in the world. And so you have to always be, I don't wanna say guarded, but you have to be aware of what's going on, the people who are around you. When someone is talking, listen to what they're saying, um, letting them know that we've let them know from a very young age that no one, not no one is to touch you anywhere that in your naughty spot is what we've always called it. Um, but anywhere, um, even as something as simple as a hug, we don't, I had to rethink this. And I remember listening to a podcast. Um, I think it's the dead ass, dead ass podcast with Deval and Kadeen. And they were talking about, you know, just the rethinking of having your children or making your children hug adults. Like what kind of, if your child is resisting that and you're saying, oh, go give your granny a hug or go give this cousin a hug and your child doesn't want to do it, then they shouldn't have to do it. And so, um, and then bribing a child to do it. Like what kind of message does that send to children if they're saying I don't want to do this 
and we're forcing them into those those that something that simple as a hug with a family member or a friend or whoever of an adult um, and they don't want to do it and so I had to really like sit back and, and think about it when he's when they had that discussion I was just like hmm I never even thought about it like that like if a child is saying no they're saying no and so when you tell them they have to do that you're kind of chipping at that say you know let me know if you're uncomfortable thing that kind of I would say deads their voice because well my parents told me I had to do this I told them I didn't but now they're making me do this they're making me go and do it and I told them already I didn't want to do it which do they have to give that family member a hug nope <laughs> they can say hi I mean it doesn't take away the love I feel it's my own opinion um but even something as simple as that so I had to just really thinking about things um and just wanting to ensure that we let our children know that if you are not comfortable with something or something is happening, you know, I don't care if someone just walks by you and brushes your behind or, you know, puts their hand on your leg or anything that makes you feel uncomfortable, you tell us. Um, we, I would hope that they would say it in that moment. Hey, don't touch me. Um, we have things that we've taught our children. Um, and at one point, we wouldn't let them go on field trips at school if they didn't say the things, you know, if they didn't let us know that they were comfortable, basically screaming at the top of their lungs, don't touch my naughty spot. I think that's what we said. Um, and it, it sounds funny. It's not funny at all. But it's just they would laugh because they are still kids. And so naughty, when you say naughty, kids are going to laugh. <laughs> um, but just if they couldn't do that for us, then we're not comfortable with you going somewhere where we're not going to be there. And just because you have supervisors with your these parents that we don't know and your teacher that we barely know only because they're teaching you, then we're not comfortable letting you go. And so, you know, this is your decision. Do you want to go? You need to show us that you are going to be taking this safety thing very, very serious. Um, and they would and I think our girls were a little bit nervous because I think that at first they thought oh something is more than likely going to happen and um, our youngest kind of voiced that to me and I was like no nothing is going to happen we don't know what's going to happen that's why we are trying to give you these tools that you can use um, so that you can protect yourself and if you start to yell and scream random things and there's an adult by you that the people around you don't know and they aren't aware of, they're going to come and see what's going on with you. And so that's why we're telling you to do these things. Not because we want you to seem silly or to make your friends laugh. We could care less about that. We're one to make sure you're safe. Um, so all of these things started to happen, um, you know, with our kids. And I know that people probably tell their kids that. Some people might not. But it was a heightened thing for us. Um and for me in particular, especially because of the abuse that I endured. And so, and also, whenever I was able to um, teach where our kids worked, that was such a load off of me. Because if anything happened, I was right there. And most of the time, uh, my classroom was very, very close to where our kids, their classes were. And they weren't even in the same grades at some points that I was teaching. Um, but it was always close and enough, close enough to where I could walk in the building, walk down the hallway. You know, at one point, our son's class was right across, his homeroom was right across from mine. And all I had to do was kind of peek my head out the door and I could see what was going on in his room. And most of his other classes were in a close vicinity as well. So, um, yeah, I just, a lot of times I think that adults aren't aware of, the things that we have done and have things that have happened to us and how we can really safeguard our children from certain things. Um, and like I said, for me, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of it until like our girls were almost a year old. And that's when all these feelings and things had came back up. And like, I really started to be like, hold on now, backtrack a little bit. I would never want my children to feel the way that I felt. Um, then so I want to do whatever it is that I can 
to ensure that they have the tools that they need to be safe. Um, because at some point we're not going to be around. For the most part, our kids are with us all the time, either myself, their dad. But at some point they're not going to be with us. And so we want them to have these things and teach them now so that they can have the tools to um, just be sa- have a safeguard um, and just kind of always in the back of their mind to be aware of things because there are a lot of things that are happening in the world um, and we want our kids to be aware of those things and not scare them to where they're feel f- fearful and anxious and we've never kind of gotten that they're, when we tell them the initial kind of look on their face like okay what am I supposed to do with this information and processing it I can see their wheels turning in their head and then once we have the discussions and um, talk about things and there are a lot of different videos um, that kind of talk about these things about being aware and being safe and um, we play those kind of things because our kids take from videos especially if it has something any kind of music to it and then you know things like that so we're very aware of those things and so we try to give them the tools that they need so um one thing that I have not done is shared my personal experience with our kids. Um, again, our girls are about to be 10. Our son is 12. Um, right now at this very moment during the pandemic and really before, we really weren't going out much and doing much. But now during the pandemic, we really don't do much at all. So I don't feel as if it's like a necessary thing for me to have that discussion with them now. Um, but they've heard me talk about things briefly and our son, when he hears something and he's curious about it, he'll ask. And so we'll have the discussion whenever it is deemed necessary to have the discussion, but it is something that I do want to share with them. Um, because for me, I would always, I would love to have a discussion with my parents on why they did the things that they did, because I don't know, I can only assume um, and so I don't want them to ever assume certain things. I, if they want have a question, I want them to feel free to ask. Um, but I feel like I will have that discussion with them when they're older. I mean, that could happen tomorrow. It could happen 10 years from now. It could happen 20 years. Um, but I, it's, it's not something that I have disclosed to them. But it is a, a discussion that I, I would love to have with them. Simply so they can know, one that I took the time to actually heal. Like I said, I went and talked with someone um, so that I could get a better understanding of what was happening um, and get tools for myself on how to heal. And so I want to be able to talk to them and let them know those things about me um, because they're very interested in me. (laughs) And I often get thrown a little bit when they ask me questions and I realize, oh, these, these are our kids that I birthed and they're having these experiences and growing up. And so they don't know about the things that I've done in my lifetime as a 35 year old woman. And so some of the things when they say and ask me, I, I forget that there was a life that I had before them. And um, it's very interesting when I, we talk about things, they ask about you know my college experience and asking about um, different things that I did in school when they were in public school and char- sorry, in, at their charter school um, and things would happen. They would ask me questions and I'd be like, oh yeah, I can remember this and remember that or whatever. And telling them about, you know, the teachers that I had and me forever going to love my third grade teacher that I had, Mrs. Rye. Um, she was one of the best teachers ever that I ever, ever, ever had. Um, and so I, I share those experiences with them so I definitely want to share any of my experiences with our kids um, so that it helps them not only to know their mom a little bit better but just to help them in maybe something that they're going through and so they can get a better perspective or a different perspective on things and see that I am a human and I've had experiences and through my experiences I learned xyz and um, hopefully it'll help them in their lives so that is my spill on all things safe um i know that i just gave you a lot and i hope that you're able to take something sorry for the noise my paper dropped um take something from this and really 
I guess think about some of the things that maybe happened in your life that weren't so great and see how maybe if you look at those things how you can try to keep your kids from going through those same experiences um, by just doing something different going a different direction um, I feel like all of our parents at some point most of our parents have always said they want for us to be better than them and so how do you do that you go a different path you you figure out a different way or you increase or enhance sorry um, what they did and try to make it better um, because I feel like a lot of times parents can feel like they're not doing so great because you don't hear that you're doing great. But most of the time, parents are making it up as they go. And they're doing a great job doing it. Um, so that's my little spiel. So before we get to my who, what, where question, um, I wanted to, and for you anyone who's new listening at the end of every podcast I do a who what where question where I just ask a random question sometimes I answer it sometimes I don't but it's just there to make you think about things um to kind of end the discussion but before I do I want to start um kind of shouting out or putting out there different people that I follow on or in videos that I watch maybe on YouTube or blogs that I uh, frequent that have really helped me um for the most part right now it's really more on the homeschooling side I'm always looking for things because our kids are um still going through certain grades I have not graduated a home a child and our son will be my first our first homeschool child that we graduate and so I'm always kind of looking for different things um to help with either the grade that they're currently in or the grades that they're going to be um coming up on our son is just flying through his work he is about to start algebra one blows my mind he just finished um the eighth grade math and he's currently doing eighth grade work <laughs> so he would be i guess considered an eighth grader 12 years old and he is ready to jump into algebra one which is considered a freshman high school freshman course and so i'm gonna have to start like with transcripts and just getting everything together together um for his high school years and it crept upon me faster than i thought and in this in this uh spring he's going to be starting ninth grade work um so i'm trying to get all that together and one thing that our i love to do and our kids do as well um is learning about history in particular black history african-american history whatever you want to call it um and so i was following one mom and watching her videos and her name is Tasha Pivots on YouTube. And um, she has a new African-American um, unit study, African-American history unit study, sorry. And um, I just kind of want to shout her out and put her information out there so that other people can check it out because I, I think that it's amazing. We are currently doing a different history um, I usually just kind of pull from a, different, a lot of different books. And um, one of the books that we already are going to be doing in the current curriculum, history curriculum that we have, she made a 12 um, lesson unit study off of one of those books. And the book is Heart and Soul, The Story of America and African Americans by Kadir Nelson. The book is so amazing. It's colorful, has lots of information. And um, she took the book and created, like I said, this unit study. And the unit study is called Fervor. And um, if you go over to her YouTube page, again, that's Tasha Pivots, P-I-V-O-T-S. Um, on YouTube, she kind of gives a flip through of the, um, the history curriculum, the African-American history curriculum. And... Um, then she kind of goes into the books that are she's added on some books that you can kind of do outside of the one book that's for the unit study um and then there's like a journal it, it looks like it's going to be so amazing i cannot wait to do it i said i told the kids we might start this up in the spring um because the unit the history program that we're doing now is i think can be pushed over like a two-year time frame 
Um, and we enjoy it, but I don't have all of the things. And for this one, I have a lot of the books that she already has um, for this particular curriculum. So I'm almost 100% sure we're going to be doing this one pretty soon. And so I just kind of wanted to put that out there to go and check her page. She seems like a very lively young lady um, woman. Um, I like to say young lady, but um, homeschool mom and businesswoman, very inspirational. I love her spirit. So go over and check her out. Tasha Pivots on YouTube. And then once you see the fervor unit study, she um, that she kind of does the flip through. There's, um, I think, and also a, a page launch that she has um, where you can get the unit study from. And it's just a download, a PDF download, if I'm not mistaken. And you can put it together however you wish. But she does all of that um, on her page and kind of walks you through it. And so, again, go and check her out. I think she's amazing. amazing. And um, her website is TashaPivots.com slash Fervor, F-E-R-V-O-R. So if you get a chance, do that. All right, we are at 45 minutes. Do not expect for this to go this long please forgive me um so I am or just finished um a amazing book by first off let me rewind I have read let me go to my goodreads a hundred and I think like five or six books for this year probably way more than that because I have counted some of the kids books but not really and I'm counting their books because I'm reading it with them. 108. I have read 108 books as of today. November. What is today? November 12th. And um, my goal for the year was 50 books. Um, because I didn't anticipate, as most people, that we would be stuck at home um, for most of the year. And so I just kind of gave myself some time since I knew I was doing more things with the kids. We were going out and they're, you know, we're doing more classes outside of the house. So I figured while they were doing that, I could be sitting reading. And so I gave myself 50 books, um, to read this year. Cause I really wanted to get back into reading more. And at the end of July, I completed my 50 books. And then, um, once I did that, I upped it to 100. And I was like, oh, I'll just kind of shoot for 100. I've already done, you know, half the year and I've already done 50. And I completed that at the end of October. And I have been there. There are so many amazing books out right now. And I personally am so proud of myself. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself and, you know, uplift yourself. But I'm so like, I have been keeping my sanity through books and I love it because there's so many great books out right now. And one of the books that I read, that's, this is kind of going into my who, what, where question was, um, what I know for sure by Oprah Winfrey. And this was recommended by one of the ladies in my book group. And it had so many gems in it like so many, like I couldn't even like, I was listening to the book and I was, I had the ebook. And I can, you can highlight in your Kindle um, while you're reading on your Kindle. And I had to stop. Like, I had to stop the audio and, like, highlight and make notes all throughout the book because there's so many great things. So one of the questions that was asked um, in the book was, if this were the last day of your life, would you spend it the way you're spending it today? And I said again. If this were the last day of your life, would you spend it the way you're spending it today? And in the book, it's really just about channeling positive things, um, you know, centering yourself and really, really having spaces to where you can be your best self, tap into that inner goodness. And for me, I, when I heard that, it's kind of like a lot of things kind of hit me at once because it's like I'm always trying to be better than be better today than I was yesterday. 
And sometimes that's a very hard thing to do. Most of the time, it's always a hard thing to do. Um, and then during this pandemic, I bet it's been ex- you know, exceptionally hard for a lot of people to do um, because we're sitting in one place and most people don't just sit and be still. We're always moving around. And so I thought that was a dynamic question. Um, so if this were your last day, if this were the last day of your life, would you spend it the way you're spending it today? And I can honestly say no. Like if I knew this was the last day of my life, I'd probably be trying to jump out of a plane, eating all kind of food, um, trying to travel around as much of the world as I can. Um, and I know a lot of those things are kind of like very out, you know, outlandish. But just thinking that if we put in our minds that there is something better to be doing. Um, and when I say better, it doesn't even have to be that, you know, you have the money to go out and do something. It's simply unfollowing a negative person on social media like what do they have to offer you all they're bringing is negativity all they're doing is talking down what is that directly doing to you that's bringing that negative energy into your life like so remove that away like I have started to chip away at so many negative things and it's amazing how much lighter you feel when you do that and um So that's just me personally. But if this were your last day of your life, would you spend it the way you're spending it today? I thought that was just an amazing question. So think on that, discuss it with somebody and discuss it within yourself. And then look in the mirror and tell yourself you love you. Like who says that to themselves? That I love you. Saying it to yourself, I love me. Um... So that's my little spill on that. I hope you guys have enjoyed this first episode of the second season of Closet Things. We are almost an hour in. I have been sitting here just yapping. (laughs) But I hope that you guys have enjoyed it. Um, All of my podcasts are not going to be this long. Will not be this long. These are going to be very, very much shorter maybe like 45 minutes but we'll see what happens but thank you guys again for those that have listened and supported and shared and liked and all those other good things thank you so much for your support it is does not go unnoticed and I really really appreciate it Um, again if you are new and you've made it to this point thank you for listening and I hope you go back and listen to previous podcasts you can get to know me a little bit better if you don't know me um, and want to get to know a little bit more what this podcast is about uh, make sure you guys check out C dot that's C D A U G H T on YouTube. Go and check out what he's doing and also listen to the discussion that we had. And then also go and check out Tasha pivots on YouTube and look into her, what she's doing, what she's doing amazing things. Um, and then look into her African-American unit study, which is called fervor um, so that you can see if maybe it's something you want to include and whatever you're doing you don't have to just be homeschooling in order to do it it could just be something extra that you do on the weekends or throw it in just to get more information uh, for your children because a lot of schools don't teach that teach non-whitewashed history so there you have it we're 50 something minutes in way longer than I, I think way longer than I've ever been but let me get off of here be honest Be loyal, be true, and always, always, always be you. Be great, you guys.